Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about wing foiling and the lifestyles of those who enjoy this great sport. Okay. Yeah, I guess they would be. Yeah. Well, I guess we can start off. Where are you now, Keith? I'm in Maui, Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. In Haiku. We're at the, I'm at my shop and uh, just kind of getting the day started. And yeah, usually I come in around 7.30 and get a bunch of files ready for the my guy who cuts boards for me on the machine and then I'll get in the shaping room or I'll talk I have a I have a shaper I work with he's you know partner he does a lot of uh prep shaping for me and his name's Adam um Adam Lewis he's a professional windsurfer and now kind of turned you know foiler and frother like us so oh, I nice. work with him and then yeah yeah just kind of get the day going in the factory um You've been doing this for for quite a while. I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and how you even how did you even start into this world? Because you, you play such a prominent part in it now, and be yeah, fascinated yeah. to learn a bit more about you. Well, I mean, I guess I was born in Madagascar. I lived there ten years, and then I moved to the Caribbean and I started windsurfing. So that's where I kind of got into water sports. Um, okay. You know, I was in the Caribbean till about thirteen, and then I moved to San Diego to go to high school. And that's where I learned to surf and, and had kind of a passion for surfing. Um, and every day after school, I'd go and watch a shaper shape uh, surfboards. And he was actually shaping some wind surfboards for me at that time. And so I kind of got interested in it, but never really thought that I would be a shaper. And um, hmm. once I followed my passion of windsurfing then the, the natural next step was to go to Maui and so I found a way to like straight out of high school come to Maui and um I started working for high tech it's a surf shop here and they were they're really big in windsurfing industry um back in the 80s and 90s so I started working with them and then about you know eight years into that I, I started a company Quattro Windsurfing with um three friends <laughs> With Sean Ordinez, who's a you know a local shaper as well, and then Francisco Goya, and then Jason Pryor, and you know once we moved into that, um, we kind of separated, went our own ways, and and I kept Quattro and kept surfing and kept uh, just kept going with shapes and designs that way. Um, from there, I uh, you know you just make connections with different people here, and you know kind of so I was shaping wind surfboards, surfboards, and you know, started shaping some stand-up stuff. And then I think it's been almost 10 years now, maybe a little less, where I, um, Kai Lenny came to me and I was working with him on other boards and he was getting into this uh, foiling thing. And so I started making him some boards for that. And, um, you know, that's kind of where the foiling really started. Oh, cool. Well, okay. How long have you been shaping before that? Uh, it's or... been 25 years since I've been shaping, something like that. Oh, nice. You know, first okay. it was hand shaping and I'd take trips to Japan and different places to hand shape. And then, um, you know, eventually we got a machine. Well, I started working with a local shaper, Matt Kinoshita and his machine. And then finally got my own machine and just started evolving the shapes through machine shaping and still plenty of hand work, but um, kind of gave me a good base. Any mentors that kind of helped you kind of get started into that world? Well, I think Joe Blair in San Diego was the one who kind of got me started as far as just watching. He was, I wasn't there like actually physically learning the shape, but I was just watching him. So, you know, I kind of give him a bit of credit for keeping me stoked and, you know, interested. And then, you know, when, um, when I was, when I was starting to learn how to build boards with Sean Ordinez, 
you know, he, he helped me a bit. Um, and then Matt Kinoshita is a local surfboard shaper here. He was really open with his machine and advice and, you know, that helped. But a lot of it was self-taught and just making boards and mm -hmm. just learning and making good stuff, making bad stuff and um, just learning how to do it that way. Yeah, because you guys have a reputation there at on Maui of riding the gear and, and loving the gear that you make, riding that gear and then improving it based on that, where a lot of other brands I find they're right. they're pushing gear a bit more, but that's not yeah. what we get from you guys. Um, is that because it's a bit more passion-based? Like, is there more to it? Because you feel more connected to your brand than other brands do. Well, I would definitely say that because we're all okay. like, you know, all of us that own the brand, we obviously work in it and have different roles. Yeah. And um, we're really connected to what we're doing because we're not going to do something just to do it because it's going to make us mm -hmm. money. We're doing things that we are passionate about that I can feel like I can work on a design. I can understand it. I can write it and then bring it out so that at least I feel like it's going somewhere and it's not just something I'm stamping my name on. And so anything that we start going into, um, and if we decide we're going to go into a new product, we really look at if, you know, this is really what we want to do because there's a follow-up, you know? Yeah. One year you can make it one year, but then, you know, we usually do two cycles with our, two year cycles with our product because we don't want, it's just too much work to replace it every year. And two, I don't think mm -hmm. there's, you know, innovation to, to change something every year. Maybe in the beginning of cycles, it's okay. You know, with the dragonfly, we're working on new stuff for next year um, because we feel like, you know, I can I can make and um, make changes and have it feel a different way and, and and probably worth it enough. But in general, we we would like to work the two or three year cycles to just let the product have its life, let people enjoy it, that there's a good uh, a good use market so you can get a good amount of money for your use boards because it's not changing. Um, and just really okay. putting a lot of time and energy into each product, like you're saying, because we're passionate about it, because we believe in it. And there's that follow-up year after year. And that's not just something that's going to go away. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. And then, so where do you get your ideas on shapes, cutting edge kind of new designs is that just based on the riders that you have you got some pretty awesome riders riding for your team yeah, so. i mean i think you know number one you know inspiration might come from a rider say you know kane we're working with kane now and he's he's got this idea for a board that's that's um you know it's like a light wind wing board that's not a dragonfly and so we've been working on that with him and it's and it's amazing so he'll come to me with the idea and kind of the general of what he wants and then I'll put it into the program and work on the design and then we'll make prototypes that way. Um, and then for me, you know, I guess the best example now is I've, I've just went through the learning process of doing downwind paddling here and I've been doing it now about okay. probably three months. And so it's okay. been a great exercise for me to go through because it's difficult. It's very satisfying when you get it, but it's, it's, it's Good. difficult. And so it's been amazing for me to go through the process learn and try and understand how I can make the boards more accessible, easier, you know, what the limits of that are and, you know, just kind of like where we're at with it. So it, it, it's been an amazing experience for me. And then all the wing stuff too, you know, we'll make prototypes and I go ride it and I'll ride it with my team. We discuss on the beach after, or, um, you know, even when we were at the show, I brought some new prototypes of the, 
the drifter and the and the Ginsu for next year. You know, got some feedback from um, just the normal world, and you know, okay. all the riders that that are are there and have their you know feelings, and so that's been a great great source. I like to have a source from riders, from myself, and from people that just aren't associated with us really, so that I you know mm-hmm. I get a and more maybe a more objective uh, uh, you know feedback as opposed to a rider who might feel like he needs to like it or. So mm-hmm. you get to start knowing each rider and kind of their tendencies and you can kind of read through the, the fluff. Yeah, so I guess you have to. Yeah, because your end market are people who might not necessarily be connected to the brand. They're buying it, A, because they love the brand or B, because they just think the board is amazing. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, definitely a variety of opinions would be way yes. to go. Um, how did KT... How was KT born? Um, how was the name chosen? And then kind of how did that evolve? Well, obviously KT is my initials, Keith Tabul. So it comes from that. Um, and, you know, originally and still, it was our surf-based brand. So it's all about surfboards and riding waves. And, you know, as we started getting into, I've been into foiling since Kai brought it around. Um, and I've been prone foiling and then I started winging and, you know, now I'm doing the downwind. So Originally, we were going to kind of keep it separate from the surf brand, but we found that there's a good crossover between surfers and foiling. And so, you know, it's something that we're passionate about as surfers. You know, look at Kyleni or Ian Walsh or these guys that I work with surfing. They're very into foiling. And so there's a good crossover. So we decided just to, to bring the foiling products underneath the KT surfing uh, umbrella. This episode is brought to you by Saladita Kite School in La Ventana, Mexico. If you caught some of our uh, stories yesterday on Instagram, you'll have seen that. I just got in a couple epic days of downwinding. We got a 10 kilometer downwinder done with my buddy Mickey from Salt Spring Island. Today, I got in an epic one with my friend Britt. Um, we went from Latuna all the way to the beach and back. Um, heck of a fun time. If you're looking to learn, there's nothing better than getting a lesson from the pros at Saladita Kite School. They are positioned at Latuna, and now that I've been here a little while, I've gotten the opportunity to visit to a couple different spots. It is one of the more beginner-friendly beaches with some nice sand so you're not walking on any rocks. Um, They do offer professional jet ski-assisted kite and wing foil lessons. Um, so once again, they're at Latuna. So if you want to grab a beer after, grab some ice cream, grab anything, it is a nice little hub there. So you're not just stuck kind of in the middle of nowhere. So they have you covered if you want to learn how to kite, foil, or looking into downwinding. They got top quality gear as well. Uh, so don't hesitate. Book your lessons today by visiting saladitalaventana.com or send them a message on Instagram at saladita kite school at saladita kite school okay and so um yeah it's been fun you know and there's there's a lot of energy going into the foiling now and um you know especially now that we brought on cane you know working on foils it's um it's exciting oh yeah no there's a lot of a lot of new stuff can we can we look a little bit about how your boards have changed from v1 to v2 to kind of uh the drifter even because i ride i ride the 72 drifter and yeah. I, I love it, okay. um, and but it's changed a little bit. It'd be kind of yep. cool to learn a bit more about that. Sure, I think in general, at least from my perspective in the industry and where I see things going, I've 
And then, you know, it's all really come from this downwind trend of longer, narrower boards. So I think in general, boards are going to get a little longer and a little narrower. And, you know, we're going to get the stability and the glide from the length and not the mm. width. I think width actually gets in your way to a certain degree. Um, it's mm. a balance. I'm not saying the drifter is going to get six inches longer for the, you know, the same size. You know, I'm saying it's going to get a couple inches longer. Um, okay. The, 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 the bottoms are going to change a bit. Um, more simple in certain ways, but a little more complicated in other ways. Um, hmm. So I just, that's kind of the general tendency I see from what the guys are needing from this whole downwind, uh, downwind froth that everybody's on. Um, there's yeah. some really good things about boards that are a little longer and that glide, you know, there's a, there's a stability that comes from getting going faster than actually from width. So okay. that's what I find than me, but that's kind of where we're at. No, you guys got a good team behind you to be able to test that in awesome conditions there. So yeah. especially for downwinding, like, yeah. um, how was, how was your first downwinding session out in Maui? Brutal. Yeah, I don't doubt it. It's hard, eh? First six sessions are brutal. And it's still brutal. Okay. You know, it's like, um, I'm still, like yesterday I got up within like three minutes at Hokipa and I made it all the way to Sugar Cove in one round. And that was the first time. So it's good. Okay. You know, so I'm getting it, but I'm probably 20, 20 plus sessions in. Okay. So that means people take their time then. Yeah, my goal is to get the boards easier to use. And also, I've really been starting to think about trying to create a foil that, that is conducive to learning as well. Because I think okay. that the foil, there's there's work to be done on the foils to make this aspect of the sport easier. I was surprised how snappy it turned, even though it was a longer board. Like, I was surprised by that when I was on it. That's yeah, one thing I, I noticed I, right away. Yeah, that's from the length. You know, that length yep. gives you leverage in a way that a foil likes to be turned. I don't think a mm. foil likes to be turned with width because it takes time for it to recover. So if you have a really wide board, yeah, you have leverage on the foils, but you start turning it and then you're like, oh, shoots, I'm kind of in this turn. Now I got to go the other way. So it's, it's delayed. Whereas if it's narrow, uh. you have leverage from the length, which is an up and down leverage as well as a, a rotational so it's easier to bring it back. So really, you're getting a lot of control from the the back and forth of being on the board like surf stance. And then you're just rolling a little bit to get the thing to turn. So it's much easier to keep yourself, one, going forward and then, you know, having these rolly turns. And the fact okay. that the board's longer, you end up standing, I think, a little narrower and more in, in the middle of the board. And so it's not like you have, you know, six feet of nose in front of you 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 have mm. the same nose you would on a smaller board but just you're just further up on the board in general yeah i did find that i and yeah that was one thing i picked up on it yeah it was it was narrow and it was a bit tippy but i was winging so it was a little bit easier yeah but uh i'm looking forward to trying with a paddle and see how that how that goes and but hey let's take a little bit of a step back what was your first foil experience like and what did that make you feel and did you, know, you think it grow to this? Yeah, you know, I went the first time with Kai. Again, I think it was probably eight, maybe 10 years ago. Okay. We went to the South Shore and it was more like I was just bringing him a new board to try. And I saw him doing this. I'm like, man, that's amazing. But I wasn't like, oh, I really want to do this for some. He's like, oh, you should try it. So I'm like, okay. 
you know, I paddling out and I kind of hit the bottom and whatever. And, and I tried to get up and, and it, it's so foreign because you're not riding it like you're surfing. You know, you're not riding the surfing part of the wave. You're riding more the top or the, the shoulder of the wave where the power is. And so I was doing it wrong and dropping in like a normal, normally surfing. And then you're just, it's just done. You can't get up. So it yeah. was pretty challenging and it, it didn't bite me right away. But then as Kai was developing foils with Maui Finn Company and, and, and the, um, the Hydrosol Company, you know, I started, you know, getting some desire to try it. And then, you know, since I was making in boards and I had access to foils, I just kind of, I think it was the middle of winter and it was rainy and there was lots of messy swell. And I went inside the harbor in Kahului and I just basically learned how to prone foil. And, um, you know, I took two weeks, but my wetsuit on everybody, every day, there was nobody around and I just did it. And, um, you know, I started feeling the sensations of floating and flying and, you know, doing these turns and it was, it, it got me hooked. Oh, nice. What, uh, how big of a foil did you learn on? I think it was a 1250, you know, okay. back, yeah, it was a 1250 at that time, but a surf foil. So kind of slow, okay. but the MFC foils are really nice in that they gave a really nice pushback. Um, front foot pushback as opposed to a lot of the other uh, foils that were, you know, kind of like diving and you had to work more. So okay. I thought it was really good because it felt a little more like surfing than anything I felt. Okay. It was still like gave you back foot turning as opposed to back foot having to lift up. You're actually pushing down on the front and kind of pivoting around the front. So it, there's a cool aspect to that that, that kind of resonated with me. Okay. This field... Less slightly do you think like, it would give you a bit more freedom than surfing or, or was it just kind of um, a different kind of surfing for example well i think it's a it's more of a freedom in junky waves and that's what's so cool okay. about it you know it's a it has yeah. its place and it had its place it's like i would go summer times are a great time to you know to surf foil i don't surf foil much during the winter because i'm either wind windsurfing or i'm surfing you know, even the down one, we'll see how much I do this winter when the surf's really good and, and all that. There'll be days, but it's not like <laughs> now where every day I'm like, okay, what's the wind doing? What time am I going? I'm hooking it up. I have two new protos that are going to be done this morning that I'm just okay. dropping to try. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll have two so, more on Monday. So it's just like, you know, now it's like full on downwind uh, um, R&D. Okay. So you guys, can we talk about those or is that more behind the scenes kind of stuff? It's more behind the scenes, but I mean, in general, you know, same thing, a little longer, you know, like I'm working on different bottoms to see what's faster, what's touching down and, and sticking, what's touching down and, and gliding. So it's just refinements. It's not like there's nothing revolutionary coming. Um, there's a few little things that are, that are different that are coming that I think are going to be pretty cool. Um, oh, you know, nice. based on Kai's feedback, based on Kane's feedback. I'm a little bit of everybody's in there based on my feedback of three months of just struggling. Mm -hmm. so, what, you know. what makes it so, is it, is it the, the narrowness of it that makes it difficult? Is it the, like, what are you finding challenging? I think that's a good question. I mean, yeah, it's the narrowness because the narrowness is instability. So it's, it's okay. bridging that gap between being able to get up onto the board and get going paddling. Once you're paddling, there's a stability that comes in because you're moving forward. So I'm trying to bridge that gap between standing up and having the thing relatively stable 
but the minute you start paddling, a stability comes in. And then what's important after that is how much the board glides and how much you can keep it gliding. And then what's important after that is when you're hitting that wave in front of you, that is going to stop your momentum that you can have that glide through that as much as possible so that your any energy you're putting in keeps you gliding and anything you hit, you can still glide through. And then that allows you to get some momentum and, and get a rhythm and then get up. Okay. Cause in the winging world, I know for the drifter, the 2023 drifter, you had two or three concaves yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. then obviously the dragonfly is more of a kind of like a, a boat kind of kind of yeah, hull displacement displacement yeah. hull. Okay, but um, and, you know I'm I'll, I'll be working on I'm working on both styles right now just to hmm. see which way I want to go. So I have a same dragonfly displacement hull, um, you know, just working on that, and then I have something that's a little flatter and working on that, and then you know that's basically what I'm testing today is one of each. And oh, I've been be doing that day. for the last two months. So, but now I'm okay. kind of finally at a stage where I think that, you know, today I'm going to decide kind of which direction I'm going, or maybe I go both. We'll see. Okay. So that'll be for 2024 and 2025 kind of thing. Yeah. 25. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, how did you come up with that? kind of triple or quad concave for the 23 drifter i found that was not something that i saw in a lot of other boards but the touchdown was pretty cool you know what it came from kai came to me like i don't know six years ago and said hey check out these guys on the air chair you know the air chair they're doing all those flips behind the boats on the foils oh yeah and you know they were look we were looking at their bottoms and they were like a solid really solid double concave you know, and in surfing, there's double concaves, windsurfing too. But um, that really is like, okay, well, let's try this because obviously it's working for them. And then I just mm. started developing that, um, you know, at that time. I think the needs are changing and a lot of the freestyle winging that's going on, um, it's not conducive to have too many doubles and too deep. Um, and having something that's going to slide and slip a little bit more as opposed to catch and drive. Hmm. Okay. So in general, my bottoms are going to get a little more simple in a certain way, but more complicated as well in other ways. So more complicated in other ways. Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Again, a lot of it's coming from what Kane, Kane knows and just can feel and is guiding me. And then I'll take that and um, make something, ride it with him and then feel what he's saying and then go, wow, okay, that is really cool. Or he brings me something that just looks hideous from my eye. And then I try and take it and sexy it up and make it look a little more like I'd like it to look with all the best things that are, you know, that are in it. Okay. So do you find you get a, a bit of time to take in feedback from the community that's buying boards from you other than at AWSI to see what do they no, I, like about that? Yeah, I do. You know, we get customers because okay. we have we have a yeah. shop here and we have customers who come mm-hmm. in and buy boards and order boards. So I do get okay. feedback from, you know, the community. And, you know, right now I just made uh, Kai's parents, you know, I made Martin, his dad, a 115 okay. liter new drifter. And I'm going to make his mom a 62 liter drifter. And they're going to oh, give cool. me some feedback, you know. So it's like... Okay. I okay. try and take opportunities with people we work with that have connections and, you know, their family sure. or whatever and, and, and just use our, our community to, to nice. 
get feedback because it really is important. Yeah, and I think that's what, well, that's for, for me at least because I, I ride for Jesse and I ride for you guys just as a kind of yeah. like an amateur rider kind of thing. And, Which is great. and for that aspect of things, it's, it's pretty cool to yeah. have that passion driven behind it um because that's why i love about it and that's why it's exciting to meet the people that make the gear because then i can get that full circle connection with it which means a lot to a lot of us who are so passionate about the sport so um and i had a lot of buddies back in ottawa just asking me about kt because i was doing some demos and i was like what what is it who is it where is it made like is the guy that's making the boards like what's he like and all these questions so yeah it's it's pretty awesome to be able to put those kind of pieces together for a lot of people who a have never had the opportunity to go to Maui and it might yeah. never, but to meet you guys and to know that you're, you have, you have a lifetime of passion for the water. It's, it's super 100%. cool to be able to get out there. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that really reflects in our product more and more as we're able to like kind of hone in and what's really working for us and the direction we want to go. And, you know, that's why I got into the downwind thing. Um, Cause I'm like, I got to get this and just see, you know, what this is about. And right now it's the thing I'm probably the most excited about. There's nothing okay. like getting up and riding for 25 to 30 minutes. It's like a, it's like a 30 minute wave ride and yeah. it's a great workout, you know, and you have time to just float around and think about things or just be focused or it's awesome. Now you go, you do team rides out there. Or you kind of just, do you go out by yourself that far out? And then. I do. I mean, I do though, yeah. but normally okay. we're like three or four. And sometimes, okay. you know, I'm at the point now where I can like, you know, with the guys that are a little better, if we get up at the same time, then we can crisscross the whole way and hoot and holler and have a great time, you know, but if nice. for some reason I can't get up and they take off, it's okay. I, I really enjoy just being on my own and you know, you're, it's like basically you have a, an endless ocean of swell and energy that you can tap into. And it's just yeah. you and the ocean and you're just up there. It's like a magic carpet. It's like flying on a magic carpet. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, that, that looks phenomenal. Did you get some time to try that out in Hood River? I did. Yeah. I went the first day we went, I went and um, I struggled a little bit, um, but it helped me, you know, understand what was going on with my board. Once I was up, I was fine. Um, getting up, I struggle a little bit, even though it is easier and you have way more opportunity there than you do here. So mm-hmm. now I was thinking about it yesterday after my run. And I think if I were to go back now, I would have no problem. It would be, it would be easy, but, um, that's, that's just learning. <laughs> yeah, enough. Fair enough. So how big is your team then at KT that you're working with? Well, here in the factory, we're nine. Okay. Um, between office and staff up front and the guys that build the boards. Um, that doesn't include Kane and the team riders or anything like that, but okay, we, so do, got nine. we do also Goya windsurfing and Quattro windsurfing and Quattro sup. So it's, it's more than just KT. Yeah. You yeah. guys do a lot then and everything's made. So you build everything in Maui and then where do the production boards and stuff get made? Yeah. All the prototyping and all the, all the masters and all the files we do here in Maui. And then we like, yeah, I'm going to, to Thailand in about three weeks and I'll go over there. I'll send them, I think I'm going to send them about 60 different files and they'll cut all those boards for us. And then I'll go there and I'll, I'll shape them all. And at the same time, that's all, that's all surfing and uh, foiling. 
And then at the same time, we'll go check out some new windsurfing stuff that we just did. And so, you know, we'll be there about 10 days and, you know, with my business partner and just put okay. everything in place for next year's okay. pro, you know, productions, stock stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did you ever think maybe looking back a little bit that you would ever build a name and, and be a part of, because I guess you guys, are, there's such a big history there. Did you ever yeah. think that your life would take this turn and bring you here? I mean, you know, you, you, when you start the business, you always hope, but then you're in it and you're yeah. like, man, this is a lot more difficult than you think. <laughs> and, you know, this vision of like, oh, I'm just going to make some, you know, boards and put them in production and sell a bunch. It's a lot more complicated than that. And it's, for us, it's been about the relationships that we've made and the connections we've made along the way and just finding the right people to work with and you know, having opportunities to work with, say, Kai Lenny came about. We didn't look for that. It just sort of happened. Yeah. You know, it's the same in the surfing. You know, I worked with Emai Kalani DeVault surfing, and he, you know, he made the the WSL tour one year on our boards, like a couple years ago. And, you know, other connections, Ian Walsh, and just these connections and people that come along at the right time to kind of bring you to the next step and 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 help bridge the gap to the next product or whatever it might be. So, you know, whether it's a team guy, whether it's someone that joins the the offices here, just everything. So more and more it's, it's about that, the connections and the relationships that you have with people and growing the business that way. Okay. Growing it more, yeah. Organically than, than 100%. Yeah. Okay. At times you have a bit of push, but in general, we've never been in a position where we just had so much budget that we could just, you know, push. It's a much more organic growth and, you know, making the right choices, not trying not to overproduce and just, you know, being aware of what we're doing and what it's doing to the market and how we, you know, how we work with the market. So I guess that's what you were saying. You were going for a little bit of a longer cycle then to allow people to kind of make that connection with their gear in a way instead yeah. of just being buy hungry yes 100 okay. no nice and i think that the energy that we put into the product um you know reflects that it can be a two-year cycle or a three-year cycle you mm-hmm. know so i think it's important to design a product that's going to be you know a two to three year cycle because yeah <laughs> You know, maybe the top guys can use those changes that you're doing every year or whatever, but I think in general, that's something that is just for the elite. And okay. I mean, you know, to be honest, it's available to anybody because we do custom stuff. So if somebody wants yeah. exactly what Kai's writing at this moment, they can get it. So that that's okay. why I feel like also it's, we have a good balance of both because we do such so much R&D, so many prototypes and just trying to make it better and this and that. And sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. And and I think if we came up with something that was so revolutionary that it that we needed to have it out there, then we would do it. But in general, I don't I've never really seen something like that happen that it that it needed to be changed right away. You okay. know, and you have to be conscious about stock and shop stock and you know it's important that the whole circle works well together and that no one's getting screwed in the end for having a bunch of stock or because you're changing so you know it's it's again relationships and it's important mm-hmm. to to communicate with who you're working with and and have them understand and us understand their needs and just really work with the shops and 
yeah, keep a clean market if we can. Okay. Yeah, because uh, um, I definitely see a lot more people, well, out, out east at least, like out in like eastern Canada, I guess, even on Vancouver Island too, we're seeing these KT wings pop up everywhere. So what? it's kind of cool to see that. And I'll, I'm talking to Jason, I think, tomorrow. So I'll be need okay. to go into all, all that stuff with him. Yeah, we'll go over that. But, uh, but with this stuff, yeah. Um, so like you're even going back to the drifter because that's what I'm riding. Yeah. Your version one trackpad, like the deck pad, was more aggressive. And then yeah. this one was a bit different. Is there a reason you guys went with the different kind of deck pads this time around compared to the last one? Yeah, I mean, that's just customer feedback, shop feedback, okay. you know, um, people are on their knees learning and it was aggressive on the knees. And so okay. we tried to tone it down a bit. So, you know, we do take any feedback from anybody. We take it out seriously. I don't know if that's the right word, but we take it in and, you know, weigh it out, see, you know, what's real, real value or not. And just kind of like weigh it out, see if it's something that we need to do. And you know, that obviously that was something we needed to do. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, yeah. Um, how, how was that? How is working with Kai and a lot of those guys? Like, obviously they're the ones pushing the boundaries. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I think for Kai, you know, what's interesting for him is all the different crafts that we do here. And mm. also the technology that we've brought into the industry from windsurfing, you know, to, to surfing and to foiling with all the vacuum carbon laminations and all this stuff. So I think he saw the value of working with some, like a one-stop shop for him, you know, surfboards, okay. windsurfboards, stand-up boards, guns, tow boards, foil boards. He can get it all. Sales, okay. you know, everything. So, and it's in Maui. You know, because I'm yeah. sure he could go ride for a company and, you know, make quite a bit of money. Um, but he's, he saw the value of working with us and what he has access to. And so it, I think it's a win-win for him. It's a win for us because he gets to bring all his knowledge and his ideas and his creativity and help guide the sport, you know, and help bring new ideas. And in foiling, he was huge in the beginning and mid stages. And even now, obviously he gives his feedback, you know, directions, a lot's coming from Kane too now and all and I, and our own writing. Um, but you know, I feed Kai prototypes all the time. And then certain times of the year is more about foiling. Other times of the year, it's more about guns. You know, now he's coming to me ordering four guns, um, you know, okay. tow boards, you know, surfboards. So different times of the year are different times when we focus on, different product with him so it's not okay. all year round that he's giving me foiling feedback unless he goes out and tries something and likes it and then says ah oh, we should try this fair so, enough but it's it, enough. it's an amazing collaboration okay so and how's kane that that's kane's a new a, yeah new yeah. addition eh? kane's been great um a different really foil centered uh energy He's, but he's really knowledgeable about many different things in design and engineering. And so, and he's just really deep in it. And, um, it's been fun to sort of get to know him because I knew who he was and, and I would see him here and there. Um, and again, that's one of those things that just sort of happened. Um, mm -hmm. it wasn't something like we didn't go out looking after him for him, you know, but we were just kind of going along and then. You know, one of my business partners, Francisco, had mentioned maybe trying to work with him a couple of years ago. 
but it just wasn't right. Just, we weren't feeling and just didn't, you know, and whatever, just let it go. And then, you know, six months ago or five months ago, um, I work with his brother-in-law, Elliot LeBeau. Okay. And, um, so I got a chance, you know, I'm connected with him all and he's kind of giving me the, you know, the lowdown about what Keen's up to and just here and there talking. And, and then I think I was just driving to the beach one day and said, Hey, I'm going to reach out to Kane and see where he's at, you know, maybe make him a board or something. And, you know, just got it started talking and then, you know, it went a little more serious and he had just gotten out of something that he was in and was available. And we saw the value of, of just bringing him in for his knowledge and, um, his passion, you know, and mm-hmm. he's an amazing writer and, you know, we were getting feedback from people that he was, you know, helping like t- tune their foils. And, you know, we got some feedback from one guy and he was like, you guys have to work with Kane. You know, this, this is such a, and so I, you know, I, I respect this person. And, and, and so, and he was buying, like, I think he sold us 15 dragonflies on the East coast. Okay. Customer of ours, and he was just telling his friends and all that. So in the end, you know, it just worked out, and we met, and and we all, you know, grooved, and we were able to work it out to where he could, you know, join the team. And it's oh, not cool. a, it's not, it's not the years right now that it's an easy industry. You know, it's a challenging oh. time in the foiling and surfboard and water sports industry in general. A lot in, of uh, in which regard the. Oh, okay. There's a lot of overproduction from companies and a lot of dumping of product on the market. Mm. And so, you know, it's challenging. We're trying to keep a, a steady road and not, again, overproduce or dump stuff on the market and um, try and navigate this in a way that keeps the market healthy. So we're in for, you know, a challenging year. Okay. So, but yeah. I guess with the model that you have currently of building relationships, growing it organically, passion-based. Yeah. I feel that that's a good approach because that's a long and steady approach. It's not the, it's not the dump a million bucks into marketing and then get yeah. all these yeah. athletes to push stuff and you get all excited and then, oh, coming in 2026. It's like, you are. Like, I think I, that's, you know, you know, most companies are, you know, whether who they're owned by or whatever, uh, like mm. a tr- not a trust fund, but a hedge fund or whatever. And, you know, it's they they have bottom lines. And so that, that's the, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's, that's one no. way of business. That's not our way. We're not okay. in that position to do that. And we're here for the long haul and every day and more and more, I'm, I'm enjoying this more and more. So I'm like, okay. okay, this is it. This is, this is where we're at and this is fun. Oh, that's cool. Hey, thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Um, what was your first wing foil session? Like, can we talk about that? Good question. I think it was in the harbor. Was it in the harbor? No, it was at Kanaha. We don't, I don't okay. think anybody was really going in the harbor at that time yet. They hadn't really figured okay. it out. And so it was at Kanaha and it was bumpy. You know, I had learned to windsurf foil first. So mm-hmm. I had a general idea and I was prone foiling already. So I had a general idea of, um, especially from the windsurf foiling of like, you know, getting yourself up with, the wind and the sail but with windsurfing you have something to hang on to that's connected to the board so it's a little more connected a little easier but i did that first at kanaha a couple of times and then you know i think i got on a like a 115 wing drifter and um just paid my dues and fell a lot and then you know 
finally you get that balance and and then you start yeah. going and then it's really quick actually it's, it's quick to learn okay nice downwinding it's it's quick to learn once you get past the getting up and balance stage once you're getting up and flying your your level goes up quick but it's really steady and low for <laughs> for a while, for a while. So that first two weeks or whatever you know that first 15 to 20 times um are challenging yeah because how big a swell are you going out in at like Hokipa there is it you know some days there's you know it's two feet some days it's three feet but actually the gorge and there's other places are actually easier to learn and better huh. we have stellar days and it's very good often i'm not saying it's just a it's a more difficult swell to read and stay up on whereas in hood river swells really close together and steep so you'll have a swell that comes through and you'll have four chances in like 20 seconds to get up because there's one then the next one then the next one then the next one and then you know another minute later you'll have another opportunity so it's it's easy but it's also you're rocking a little bit more so the stability comes into to play so if you have really good stability you're fine but if you're still working okay. on you standing on the board and getting forward motion, it's challenging because you're getting bucked around a lot. But then once you're up, it's yeah. really easy to go from swell to swell to swell to swell because there's always something for you to turn on and get energy. Whereas in Sarah, Maui, okay. it's, it's a little further apart. It'll it'll flatten out a little bit. You'll have these big humps that you kind of got to go over. Um, <clears throat> but as you learn, you get good and, and it's relatively easy as well. Okay. All right. So, and then obviously there's quite a bit of exercise involved too, I assume, right? Yeah. But as you, I think the most exercise is when you're starting, you're okay. falling a lot, you're paddling like crazy, yeah. you know, as you get better, you get that exercise right off the bat and then you're up and sure you're pumping and you're, you're turning, but you're also, there's times when you can stand there for 20 seconds and just relax. Okay. And you're just up there and it's just it's super cruisy. So oh, yeah, that'd be magic. Yeah, and it, the better you get, the better you get at reading swell, and so you're always generating energy and turning, and you're not having to work to get to the next swell. You're just you're just flying from swell to swell, and so it it's still a good workout, but it's nothing like in the beginning. Okay, I guess it's yeah, this, it's an art form onto itself. It is, but you know, and I, and I think that a lot of times women get it a little bit quicker than men because we just try and power through it. Whereas women, mm -hmm. I think, are a little bit more nimble and, and can be a little softer in their touches. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think that's a better way. Like the other day I did two runs and the second run I did better because I was more tired and I wasn't trying okay. to overpower anything or get up or, you know, whatever. And I had to really focus and think about my technique. It's really technique that's that gets you up, balance, and then the technique. Well, because you're yeah, you start knee, knee starting, I assume, right, and then you got to bring one leg and go up from there, or how do you do yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's like yeah, you, you get up on your knees, and then you're, you you know you get up on your feet, and then you just got to get moving quicker than not because the the movement forward gives you the stability, and you know the paddle, okay. and using the paddle keep yourself up, and so okay. so that's yeah. why you're playing with different different shapes on the bottom to see what that's going to impact stability how is yeah. that going to impact speed of glide and then obviously when you're going to hit something in front of you yeah okay and i think Fair that enough. um i mean i think there's only so far you can go 
I mean, you know, there's, it's always going to be a bit tippy, you know, there's always going to be that aspect to it because it's long and narrow and there's not much you can do about it. I'm going to get it as sufficient as I can to make the process easier and more enjoyable. Um, and you know, right now, because we get, I get two or three emails a day for boards, um, and questions and, you know, which is normal because this is new. And, um, you know, I think I'm, uh, I'm working on something where we can set up a kind of like, I don't know if it's a guideline or just, you know, our perspective of, you know, a good learning process, you know, kind of what size board to start with, maybe do this three times, you know, put this spoil on at least size wise. And then from there, jump to a smaller board. Like when I jumped from 130 liter to a hundred liter, I got up right away and was flying for like five minutes. Hmm. So just the fact that I went, you know, the big board's so big. Yes, it's giving you stability. You know, it's getting you the the stroke down. It's getting you some forward motion. You can fly for maybe 10, 15, 20 seconds. But again, the wider, bigger board is going to affect the foil more and be harder to recover. So once you start Uh turning, you're going to want to keep going. You're kind of like, so it's more delayed everything. So once I got up on the smaller board, I was able to like, oh, wow, the foil is really supporting me and I can get these quicker turns, go from, get enough time to think about going from swell to swell. Um, then, yeah, I go down and it's it's a, it's more of a struggle once you're on the water. That's it. But that just gets you better at standing on something that's unstable and learning your stroke and getting the technique down, really. Okay. All right. So for, and how much do you weigh if you don't mind? I'm 165. 165. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you started on a 130, you did that for a bit, then you hopped down to the 100? Yeah. I think okay. ultimately 105, you know, 110, 100, right in there is good depending on, you know, okay. what you want to do. And in general, you know, I, I'm going to be this year, I'm going to have longer, like, like the smallest dragonfly is going to be 7.4. I might have another model that's a little shorter but that'll be the smallest dragonfly in length. And, mm-hmm. you know, the 105 liter that's 710 this year is going to be 80. So I'm going a little longer. Okay. And then I'll have Fair a model enough. that's a little shorter, a little wider, not a lot, and a different bottom. That's the idea. And then yeah. I'll have a really specific winging light wind board as well that we're developing with Kane, which we, we, had, in, we had that in yeah, Hood River. Yeah, I didn't get to try it. Too yeah. bad because that thing is yeah. incredible. Okay. It's got all the aspects of the dragonfly um on in a little bit more of a shorter compact package. But the same sort of forward glide. It actually was really stable once you move it forward. So that's kind of where we're going. You still be able to use the dragonflies for downwind. I mean for winging, but we'll have something a little bit, you know, a little bit different. Similar concept but shorter package. Hmm. Okay, cool. And can we talk about the Ginsu for a bit? Kind of curious yeah. about that, wow. that step. Yeah, that was going to be the next board I was going to get. Yeah, that board's super fun. I think people are a little bit scared of it because it's, um, you know, it's a bit of an extreme cut, but the concept works and it works well. I think you have to get used to riding it um, and getting up with a different sort of balance. And this so um, if you're willing to put a little bit of time in and energy in, I think the, the benefits once you're in the air, you know, the sensitivity to the foil the release from the water, um, all those things are, are, are amazing. Not only that, I, the thing is bomber. I mean, it's a little heavy, but it's bomber. It's built like our windsurfing construction. 
So it's, it's just, it's one of the strongest boards we make. So, um, you know, that's an amazing concept and, and it's a really, really fun board. Obviously now I'm going to, you know, develop it. It's been two years, so it's time to develop that and, you know, take the feedback we're getting from people and work on, um, you know, maybe making it a little bit more balanced for in the water, because that was one of the things that people were saying was hard to get used to, you know, still have the same character of the, the, the release from the water. And, you know, those really nice things that the Ginsu is giving us. And you're also going to be a little closer to your foil. So it's going to give you a sensitivity um, and just maybe simplifying it a little bit more, making it a little more accessible, but getting, keeping all the best traits. That's the goal. Okay. But I mean, the yeah, currently is awesome. And, you know, that's what Kai uses. That's what Ian uses. That's what Otis uses. Kane has one. So, you know, they're, they're, they're all using it cause it's a, it's a viable board. Um, you know, but like anything, we're going to evolve it. And it is is something that we did patent. So that, that's pretty cool. We patented the cut. Okay. So that's something that's, um, you know, we worked hard on to get that and, you know, for almost a year, keeping it kind of under wraps and just trying to make that all happen. Yeah, we talked a little bit to Richard there, the CEO of Ocean Rodeo, about patents, and he said it it's, well, can be challenging. It's it not an easy very, route. No, yeah, it's not an easy route. But we yeah. are able to get it. I mean, we have the awesome. we have the patent. So, yeah, okay. I mean, more than nice. anything, I think it's just a, like a statement of like you know this is something that we've developed. We would hope that other brands would have the respect not to go down that road. You know, we're seeing it already a little bit. Um, just out of respect for the fact that we went for the patent and the energy of developing something like this, because we know what it is. I don't go out there copying anything. Sure, you look mm. at things and things are interesting, but for me to try and copy something anyway doesn't make sense because the energy that this person put into making this product, it's their energy, their idea. They know what kind of rail they have. They know where they put the, the rocker point, this, that, and that. And for me to try and copy something, it doesn't work. You know, mm-hmm. the energy, the, the way, the reason a board feels the way it does is because of the people that are involved in making it, the energy that they put in, you know, what I know where I've been and the, and the evolution of the shape, that's what's going to make a board feel like it. It's not me trying to copy something that's going to make it feel like that, you know. For me, that's what's important is just the, the, the people putting the energy into that shape and design and then you know, knowing the history of it and bringing it to market, that's what a shape's about. That's going to yeah. create an iconic thing that's, you know, that's developed, thought out, and had a lot of good energy put into it. Mm-hmm. Dying that yeah. someone's done and putting it on your own, I think is the, the most uh, lazy lazy way to go about things. What's the pleasure of that? There's no pleasure in that. You didn't just, you didn't come up with it. You didn't develop yeah. it. You have no idea what it's doing other than what you think it's doing and what you're being told it's doing by mm. whoever. So anyway. Yeah. No, I like that because for a lot of people who are buying gear, like this sport on the consumer end is a huge passion for them. They only have a couple hours a week. They're choosing to do this and then they're looking to buy gear. And to have that full circle, I think, is what makes it, like, if you look back 15, 20 years and you're like, I was riding these boards and this is who they were, like, coming back to that idea we talked about before, 
I feel yeah. that's super that's super important um, because that's something that you can hand down to your kids and something you can pass oh, down right. and and the and just that pure energy of what you're doing um, much more so now how the heck did you get it so that even just the tail wouldn't snap off because you guys said you got to work quite a bit at just yeah. structural yeah well again that's just you know making prototypes here. Okay. And, you know, definitely the smaller sizes are more challenging because it's so okay. thin and it is a, it is a point that's all the energy is going right to that. The bigger sizes, it's not really an issue, but again, that's why the construction went the way it did and that hence the weight, cause you've really got to make it bomber. But I mean, once you're up in the air and all that, you might get on the rack and feel, well, this is kind of heavy, but at the same time it's bomber. And mm -hmm. once you're in the air, you really don't feel it. And the sensitivity that you get being closer to your foil is, is amazing. It, it really mm -hmm. is. And, and I really found that the one, the construction so bomber that it, it's actually made the board really stiff. And so that really translates into quick movement forward, you know, quick release. And then you have the Ginsu cut that actually detaches from the water a couple seconds sooner as long as you've got the technique and you know you're learning that and and that's what i found is just this really smooth like steady quick release um mm. you know but then you know we're, we're, we're working on that and you know evolving it and you know we want to make it lighter and find ways to build it that aren't as uh as weight producing and um also the cost you know it's 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 a relatively expensive board and so i know <laughs> i think um people might be a little concerned with those different aspects of that board and, you know, might be a little standoffish, but it's an amazing board and worth every dime. Well, all with these new materials in the wing world coming out, like the wings are starting to get a lot more expensive, two, three grand. Yeah. So now you're going to offset that with a board that the construction is there. It's solid. You know, it's going to last. Yeah. I think it's going to kind of catch up to itself. I think um, so too. You know, people need to be understanding. Um, again, like I said, it's probably going to be a difficult year because there's so much product yeah. available at, you know, cheap prices. But um, mm. you know, we're here for the long road, and we're making choices that are, that are, um, I think, better for the market, at least from our perspective. Um, okay. And for the the health of the market, the health of the shops, the health of the consumer. Um, you know, we really look at how when we buy product of any sort and how it affects us and when we have problems, how it's dealt with and all that and really trying to bring that into the way we do things, you know, if anybody has okay. a problem with, with anything, we really try and take care of that or, you know, whatever it might be. So, um, and we're just, we're always tuning up. We're not perfect. <laughs> kind of make sure. it better every day and, you know, it's, it's cool, sure. but it's a fun process and I feel fortunate yeah. to be able to do this. I feel fortunate to go, have two new prototypes that are going to be sanded right now. And my guys yeah, will get them ready fun. and I'll put my foil on. And at 1130, I'll go to do two runs on two new boards. You know, it's, I feel very fortunate yeah. to have that and to have the team that I work with and the partners that I have and the team riders. And it's, uh, yeah, I feel very fortunate. And yeah, it, could, it could be that, or you're in an office in the middle of New York city, you haven't seen green space and, in a year, like it could be drastically right. different, wouldn't it? Couldn't it? I guess what's so cool about foiling too, in general, is it's so accessible, you know, especially yep. winning. You know, it's like you can do it in light winds. And man, I mean, we made a video like Levi Cyber, our marketing, you know, Instagram video guy, he made a video with 
Kai and Ridge and Kane in the harbor on the dragonfly. And that just yeah. made me want to go out and fly. And I mean, those guys are on five O's and there's like, you know, eight knots of wind and they're flying. Yeah. And yeah. it looks so cool. And so, you know, to be able to share yeah. that and have people access that and feel those same things, it's, it's amazing. It's like a full circle. Mm. And how much time do you get in the water these days? Oh, I get tons. <laughs> yeah? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, awesome. you know, like the last four days I've gone for downwind runs and that's, you know, a couple, you know, an hour and a half. Um, and then, you know, in the next, like probably in the next three to four weeks, the surf is going to start coming. So okay. anytime there's good waves to surf, I go surf for a couple hours. If it's more windsurfing, then I'll windsurf. So, uh, yeah, I, it's really important for me to be in the water for the okay. brands and for R and D and for understanding for, you know, connecting with the team, um, you know, whatever it might be. So again, I feel pretty fortunate. I work a lot. I work all the time. I'm working at home at night in the morning and, you know, so it's, it's just kind of, it's a lifestyle. It's a working, playing lifestyle. Okay. Okay. Oftentimes huh. I come in on Sunday morning when the shops close and I do a lot of designing because there's no one around. Ah, uh, so, nice and quiet. Yeah. It's nice to have that time to, to just focus and put all this papers all over my desk or whatever I might do yeah. or shape, you know, or get in the shaping room and not be bothered. And Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Is there any cool new stuff coming in construction? Like how boards are being made? Is, is it, how do you guys do that? Because I know we talked to um, Apple Tree and they're doing kind of an infusion method. Is Are there any cool things coming or how do you guys do well, it? Well, I mean, I, that, that's super cool what they're doing. You know, I like mm. what they're doing. We could do infusion here. I've, I've considered it. Um, it's really labor intensive. And mm. um, we have a really good, you know, our vacuum lambing and the way we do things and my guys are really good. So for the moment, we're not going to shift. But, you know, I'm always looking at materials. I'm always now looking at trying to incorporate some, a little bit more green materials. Um, we're doing some stuff with flax, some stuff mm. with some other different materials and trying to see if we can work with those things and potentially integrate it into our, um, our stock stuff that we do out of Thailand. Um, and, and really just kind of bridge the gap between what we're doing, um, in our, in our, factory in Thailand and what we're doing here and make it much closer. And it's pretty much the same things. There are always little parameters, but, um, but as okay. far as that goes right now, um, there's nothing that, to, that I see that's just revolutionary. Um, but what's kind of nice that because of the position we're in and, you know, the connections we have with Kai and, you know, the connections that he might have with different companies or being approached or, you know, being, being one of the, the players in the industry, we do get approached by different things here and there. And, and I feel like if something's going to come up, it's probably going to come along with somebody interested in maybe bringing something to us that's, you know, revolutionary and we could collaborate and, you know, we're, okay. I'm, I'm totally open to that kind of stuff because sometimes we are in our little zone and you are trying to get boards done and we have a process and it works well and we're happy. So to shift to something else takes some energy and some thought. This is but that's kind of what I'm allowing myself a little more time to do now is just focus on maybe sourcing different materials or 
coming up with a different process or trying to make the connection with our, our uh, factory in Thailand a little closer from, you know, just sending them a file or so I might not be doing as much shaping, but I'm working on different aspects that get me excited. Okay. Yeah. So I guess natural progression, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, and, and I think now in the past, it's been more difficult because, you know, things were, were super tight and they're still tight, but we have a little bit more room to breathe, to, to try stuff, to try some materials, to make a board and realize, okay, that things falling apart really quick. You know, it happens still. I, my last board was like that. So okay. you live and you learn, but the only okay. way you're going to figure it out is trying. Yeah, I guess fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah. And then being open to, yeah. to seeing what comes and what, what gets well, brought to you, I guess is what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, the apple tree guys, they do great work. I like what they do and they, they've, they're doing it well. They're, they look like they have an organized, clean factory. And I have a lot of respect for that because I know what it takes. And to oh, develop yeah. something on their own like that and, you know, their way of doing that, it's amazing. And, you know, their, their core foams seem like they're really cool. They don't mm-hmm. you know, bring in water and, you know, but they've been able to develop that relationship with the phone company, phone company, because they're so, they're at a level where they can, you know, put some budget into it. And, you know, yeah. I feel like maybe we're just starting to reach that with, with different things, whether it's going to be foam or, you know, I have some ideas. You know, nothing like I'd say revolutionary, but just ideas to make the product better, longer lasting, you know, maybe not quite as harmful to the environment, whatever, you know, you know, all these little things I think are becoming more and more important to us too, to the, to the planet, but also to us. Yeah, that's fair. That's cool. Huh. Yeah. I mean, all all our packaging is paper, you know, it's all these little things that we're putting in place. You know, we're going to work with a company, it's called the New Earth Project, and they um, they do um, like cardboard packaging for surfing and for shipping out boards. And then, you know, they work with Paisel and a lot of these companies. And so we're getting a lot of uh, interest from the surf industry too for being, you know, support there. And so just over the years about being here, being present, working with with different, um, you know, with Kai, with Ian, and, you know, I made some boards for John John and his brother, Nathan Florence. And Oh, no way. Cool. Downwind boards, not nothing okay. surfing, obviously. Yeah, so I okay. made downwind boards for them. They just got them, and they're super psyched. And so you know, it's a slowly but surely you you create this network of connections, and it's kind of fun to sit back and like kind of watch it and be open to, for it to come into play. More yeah, more. I guess yeah, to, to be where you're at now, and to have put in all the hard work and time. Um, yeah. I, I guess hopefully you got to get a few seconds to look back a little bit. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, you do. You do, for sure. I think it's important to have a little perspective about where you came from and the work and give yourself a little pat on the back because it's hard in a good way. You know, it's challenging, it's hard, but it's like, but now I feel like right now is one of the most creative times that we've ever had in our company by far. From the windsurfing, the surfing, the foiling, the stand-up, on the downwind, everything. It's just like we're on, we're just on this super creative, high energy, everyday path. And I've never felt this kind of energy around what we're doing yet. So it's really cool. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, nice. it's, it's, it's intense in a good way. But every day I come in and we're chatting and just brainstorming this, this, and it's 
not just foiling. It's, you know, it's the surfing, you know, where we're putting the fins and this, and it's just, it's this, this synergy within our team of everybody sort of in the same space and, um, kind of feeling the whole energy moving forward and the creativity from the, you know, the marketing to the, to everything. So I think that's really going to come through in our product this next year. Well, these next years, but this next cycle from the windsurfing to the foiling, to the surfing, to all of it, it's, it's going to come through. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot lot of people would be pretty stoked to hear that and yeah. I'm stoked to ride that gear and, and bring that along. Cause it's an extension of your body. Like, especially 100%. with these boards, like you, you, yeah. you protect them. They're in a bag. You don't want anybody touching them, all this stuff. So it, it's, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, Hey, is there anything else you wanted to touch on, um, personally, or even about, about KT as a whole that you feel people should know or why they well, would I maybe think, want I to get to know? The point about KT is just like, you know, that that we are very accessible and available. If anybody needs anything, you know, a little advice, a little bit of this, we're really, really open to that. And you want something custom, we're happy to do that. You know, we have our stock stuff that's just amazing. So, you know, it's just, we're, we're a broader, we're from windsurfing to surfing to to stand up, to big wave, to toe. And, you know, we have all this that we work with and around so that, you know, that people that, want to be a part of it or access it and we're here so that's pretty okay. much the only thing yeah. oh cool yeah that's a pretty good message though yeah, yeah that's a pretty good message and uh so how have you what's your favorite kind of surf are is it yeah what's your favorite kind of surf my favorite kind of surf would have to be i go to micronesia every year i have a friend who started a like a, a resort down there and it um I spend usually a month down there if I can, and there's barely anybody there. And my favorite surf is probably four to six feet, you know, relatively hollow, getting barrel, doing some nice turns. Um, I actually look forward to bringing down uh, a downwind board there because there's going to be some opportunity to do some really good downwinders. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. And, and you know, that that to me is my, my happy place. Um, okay. I can go fishing, I can go surfing, kind of detached. You know, I love to surf here and I surf every day, but I can definitely, after doing this downwind thing, I can see myself getting a little more picky about when I surf here mm. and, you know, maybe doing some more downwinding stuff. Cause I like to be on my own. I like to be mm. surfing on my own, you know, and then downwinding kind of affords you that. So yeah, fair enough. Know, the surf here is getting more crowded and it's a different kind of attitude and it doesn't always bring the best out in me. And that's not what I want. I want to have a good time and enjoy and be the best person I can in the water. And it doesn't sometimes do that. And so I'd like to detach from that a little bit and just focus on the things that bring the best out in me and that I enjoy. So fair enough. Yeah. And it's a heck, heck of a lot of learning. Yeah. Surfing good waves with my friends and, and just enjoying the whole, the whole experience that's to me is enjoyable. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I guess that learning aspect is something brand new, especially relating that to your, your couple, uh, your couple boards that you're going to try this afternoon. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty fun session. Something new that I'm learning, but it's connected to my surfing and wave riding because you're still riding swell and you're still turning, 
and you're still using the same techniques to do your turn. And this allows you, one, to get your legs stronger for surfing, which I'm really excited about. Two, mm -hmm. it gives you a chance to work on your technique because you're up for 30 minutes. And you can stand there and go, oh, I'm going to turn my foot like this. Oh, I'm going to bend my knee here. Or I'm going to bend my knees more. And then, oh, I'm going to open up my arm and do a turn here and go backside. So it just allows you to really think about things in, in with more time as opposed to surfing where you get up and go, I got to go. And then you forget it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Fair you enough. Know, that, that's, that, that gap bridging into surfing and my windsurf wave riding for me is that's what makes it even more special because it, it does tie into all these other things. Is it? Is so, it? and it's new and it's hard, oh, yeah. but I'm it's starting hard. to gather and get it. So it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what, uh, what those prototypes turn out to be like. And, yes. um, I'm excited for that. Well, Hey Keith, I just want to say thanks for taking the time chat with me today. I know you got a for busy sure. day Thank ahead you. of you, so it's super appreciated. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining. If you have any questions, yeah. how could, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? They can reach out to us through the website. We get all those uh, questions and, you know, requests and all. That's usually the best way. Okay. Yeah, through ktsurfing.com or Goya Windsurfing or Quattro Windsurfing, any of those ones. KT Foiling as well. Um, okay. You can follow us on Instagram. Get us hold through KT Surfing on Instagram or KT Foiling on Instagram is a great place as well. So, okay. yeah, reach out. We're happy to help you with anything. Oh, awesome. I know we didn't talk too much about Quattro. <laughs> Um, but I guess right now we're in downwind mode and, yeah. and, uh, stoked to see where that gets us. Definitely. So fun. Thanks awesome. guys. All right. Thanks Have everybody. Good.